I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation Podcast. All right, what is up, Q's Nation? This is episode 38 of the Q's Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. So welcome once again. Episode 38. Joe, what's up? What's up, Sean? How you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, before I forget... We um, it is we are recording this on Veterans Day. I want just want to give a shout out to everybody, uh, all the veterans out there, and all of the people who are still active duty who um, are fighting for this country and and putting in their service. We thank them for their service and a special thanks to Joe, who's a veteran. Uh, Joe, thank you, <laughs> and my brother as well. I mean, I could go down the list, but Joe's uh, my co-host on the show, so. Um, you know, we appreciate your service, everybody. So happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. So we had we're gonna do um we're gonna do Cornell post game, then Iona pregame, and we're gonna leave it at that for this because the schedule as far as podcasting is gonna get a little hectic here coming up. Syracuse has another game, the Iona game, on Tuesday at seven o'clock. That's gonna be an ESPN watch app game as well and of course we've got wake forest today for football we've went over the pre the the pregame for wake forest so all right let's get into this so a couple notables jimmy the bayheim versus bayheim game jimmy bayheim uh junior or whatever he scores his first he scores his first points in college basketball hitting a corner three in front of his father that i mean that's pretty sweet. That's, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that in was the, that was pretty awesome. In the in the house he grew up in, too, as an opposing oh, player, God. which is just, I mean, if if you're not, you know, a huge SU fan or even basketball fan, you got that's that's a just a nostalgic thing to have the Bay, the first Bayheim versus Bayheim game, and next year we'll likely play Cornell again, and then we're gonna have the Bayheims versus Bayheim. So, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um, it was our uh, 38th straight win. They haven't beaten us since 1968. So I wasn't real worried about it. Um, A couple of things I took away from it right off the bat. You can always tell like where it's going to go within like the first five minutes of SU playing. And it was kind of like the same thing. 
you know, the defense was pretty decent and the, um, the, the shooting just didn't take off as good as I'd like to see it. And I'm, I'm, that'll improve. And another thing is the defense will improve too. And the defense I thought was decent. Like I thought it was really, you know, I thought they did pretty good. The rotations were good in the zone and I thought they did a pretty good job. So I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. The, uh, the defense was, I thought pretty impressive, obviously. Um, Cornell, smaller team. So our length and, and our movement, um, is what I liked. And obviously with a team like Cornell, it's going to cause problems for them. So they had a lot of contested shots. They were moving the ball around a lot, but you know, we had them shooting a lot of shots near the end of the shot clock and stuff like that. That's the stuff that you want to see. Um, also a lot of the time too, we were pushing out to the perimeter because I mean, the smaller teams and with the shot blockers we have in the middle with uh Chukwa and, and Sadibi this year, uh, they're pretty much daring people to, to drive and go in the lane. And, um, it seems like that's one of the things that uh, <clears throat> I saw yesterday, but obviously that could change with, with any opponent. So, but overall, um, it's a young team. They're still going to learn. They're still going to get better. Uh, again, I just would like to see faster starts. Yeah, you know, counting starts. counting the exhibition games, and then this mm-hmm. one takes a little while for the offense. There's yeah. a couple people that seem a little timid and maybe possibly a little yeah nerves, maybe a little bit of uh, confidence um, yeah. issues because I mean it's going to be battle. From the beginning, um, he's obviously going to be uh, most most of the time he's going to be our leading scorer. Um, but it can't be all him. You know, you saw a couple times last night where, you know, he's pressed into score because his teammates maybe don't have the aggressiveness or the con- uh, the confidence to do it. And when he had a push off, he does tend to push off with his uh, elbow there a little bit. And when it comes down to it, if he's trying to force his offense, then. Um, that could lead to foul trouble. And that's one person that we can't have in foul trouble. So, yeah, you know, yeah, without a doubt. And he's just got to take the reins and, and, and do it early, establish himself as the leader of this team and, you know, just be the leader out there. And people can't be, as you mentioned uh, last night when we were talking on the phone, uh, he, he, people, people don't need to be nervous about stepping up. He just got to, he's got to give these guys some confidence to step up and make plays too. And yeah, and you know everything will everything will fall into place with the offense. I'm not really worried about the offense right now. You know it's kind of still right. hard to tell. It's early, but if you're to compare, if you're to take you know last year and compare this year to last year, I it's they've getting they're they're doing better earlier in the year than last year. Last year you could tell right away it was just not going to be, uh, it just wasn't going to be that great of a year. But they you know. We'll just have to wait and see. But well, yeah. In the the, beginning, what about the big guys in the middle, see, though, you know? Joe? We're, I mean, what? we we had problems in the middle last year, to say the least. Yeah. And we've and, re- I mean, and rebounding. Rebounding, and yeah. th- that was a huge difference, I thought, um, especially on offense with um, Sadibi. And is it Sadibi? I always get corrected um, on this. That's what I'm I, going. That's what I'm going okay, with. Okay, I hear otherwise. I hear broadcasters <laughs> all pronounce it different differently, but Sadibi. Yeah. It sounds like. Uh, that's how I, I I'm that's what I'm going with too. I agree. So yeah, uh, I think he's phenomenal. Uh, coach said he reminds him of Bai Musicata. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same build and everything. And he's yeah. he's talented and he's agile for his size. And you know, we've got actually we got a little bit of depth there this year that we didn't have, and that's exciting too. So. Well, yeah, we're just longer. I mean, we yeah. could be younger, and we do have smaller bodies. You know, there's going to be times where, you know. Um, Dolze and uh, 
And uh, who's who was impressive? I thought too. Oh yeah, well, I was. I was. He was one of the guys I thought that was possibly going to struggle because of his size. Um, well, you know, not his size, but his strength and how skinny he is. Uh, and that still might happen against some teams, but um, but I, he was one of the guys I thought that possibly was up for red shirt. And I think after watching the exhibition games and 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 uh, last night against Cornell, it's pretty obvious that he's the front runner of uh, playing the ball on when they press. And um, he played a lot of minutes and. I don't think he's going to score a lot, but he's just one of those guys. You know, he's he kind of reminds me of like Christoph Ojanat, but you know, obviously a little bit skinnier and younger. He's, he just hustles. He's all over the place. He's he's lengthy and like again, it's going to help the defense. But um, our size is definitely like like you said. I mean, it took a little while for offense to get going last year, but at the end of the day, it didn't help because our defense lost us a bunch of games early. Right. And exactly. now, now it's when when you when it's normally a Jim Beheim good defense, you know, a lot of times, especially in the non conference against some of these um, mid major teams that are good enough to beat you if you play them, you know, if you have a bad enough game um, day. But but most of the time, Beheim's defense and the length is is big enough, and they're big enough to basically overwhelm those type of teams. So even if their offense doesn't play good. We usually win those non-conference games. That's why we're usually really successful in the non-conference play. But you've noticed the last couple of years when we're losing non-conference games, a lot of it is because of our defense, not it because was. of our offense. It was last year. I think, it was the defense. I think most teams this time of year, you know, they're not playing their most optimal, you know, offense just because it changes new people. So the offense is going to get better and go. But the earlier the defense can be like what it is with our length, I mean, that's going to win us games. And that did, it did last night. I mean, Cornell might not have had the the talent to beat us, but, I mean, it was pretty obvious that it was the defense that got it going, you know, got our offense going, went on a big run, stopped them from scoring. There was a long time in the first half that they went without scoring. So It was, um, it was from 18-27 mark in the first half to the 8-17 mark. They scored, yeah. just, they scored just two points. Yeah, in a, in a quarter of the game, yeah. you know, so yeah. – when you can do that, then, you know, so our defense is good and obviously it's only going to get better. Um, but like you said, last year we didn't have the length. So this year we have the length on defense and it's just basically getting guys confident enough to be able to go and attack the ba- uh, the basket um, aggressive so that we can score some points on offense. So um, last night in the beginning, there's a lot, a lot of standing around, you know, not a lot moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little lazy. On offense, slow. So. Yeah. 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 Um, Geno Thorpe is the 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 player. I'm going to single Geno Thorpe out just because I think he can do better than that. He's he's throwing the ball at the front of the rim the whole game. I think he ended up with a quiet 12 points or something like that. Did he end up with 12 points? I think he did. Yeah, 12 points in 19 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, played half the game. When you look at it on paper, it's not that bad, but he had a lot of missed opportunities. I think all in all that I'm not complaining, but I'm just going to armchair quarterback because that's what we do. I think we should have been up in the 90s, and scoring 77 is, is pretty decent. But just the close, close, you know, under the under the rim and, and close shots like that, we got to close on those. And that was a that was a bit of a problem last year, so you got to clean that up. Uh, yeah. I think Geno Thorpe is, is, is a talented guy. I think he's got the athleticism. He's just got to learn to, to, you know, float those shots because he's hitting the front of the rim 100 times. So... Oh yeah, well he's he's he hasn't been healthy for a couple weeks now, um, That's two true. three weeks now. So I mean he hasn't been able to practice. 
he barely got in a little bit of the exhibition game, but he still looked a little hobbled. And he looked a lot better last night. So he had his but he hasn't been able to, Yeah, so. and he hasn't been able to practice for the team. So yeah. it's just, you know, like I said, it, it comes down to – when it comes down to uh, team sports, it's chemistry. And if you're not practicing in, in the offseason or practicing during the week, then you're not going to have that much chemistry. So it just takes a little bit of time, you know. And um, I'm sure there's going to become a time where Geno Thorpe is – one of those guys where Beheim probably doesn't think that can take off the court, especially in crunch time. And like Beheim said a little bit last night in his press conference, um, you know, when, when crunch time go- comes, it's probably going to be a Howard and Thorpe with battle down low and a Brissett and probably Sidibe. You know, you got other guys that are going to contribute throughout the game, and those guys might not even be the starters. But by the end of the game right now, that's kind of the lineup I'm looking at. Unless they need rebounding, in, in which probably Thorpe or Howard wouldn't be in, and then they'd have like a Moyer or a Doljad. So, yeah, I don't know. But we have we have options, and, and like I said, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised of what I've seen from the young guys. Uh, yeah, since, um, I agree. I mean, I know it's early, but, you It's know. early, we're, you know, we're, the, the competition's not exactly what we're going to be dealing with in conference play, obviously, but... You can take right. away. You can take away the basics. You know, like for instance, um, you know, on 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 defensive rebounds, pushing the tempo up the court the way they did, especially in the second half. I mean, getting getting shots off like that and and pushing the tempo up. It's what we're used to seeing, and we didn't get a ton of like those type of options last year. I mean, you know, they were there, but you started early and keep them keep them under pressure on it, and you got just got to grab the rebounds and do it. So. That's what that was the problem last yeah. year. We lacked, we lacked, we no, were just often horrible on the boards on both sides of the ball last year. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look back in, in pretty much Syracuse history, I mean, the way I look at it is, is there's three different things that I look at as far as what the 2 3 zone, like what, what Syracuse's team really does. If their defense is good, their defense is going to translate into more fast break opportunities, which means that they're playing less than the half court offense. And a lot of times you've seen back in, you know, if your defense is bad or if you don't get out and you run, don't run fast breaks, then, it you know, now Syracuse has to rely on a half court offense. And that's not usually where our strengths are. So when we've struggled, especially recently, it's been because of defense. And then that could directly correlate with not being able to get a lot of fast break points. And usually that's what makes Syracuse team successful. Yeah. Now, when they have all three that are good, then. Usually they have really, really good teams. But, I mean, you need to have the two two out of three. And usually it's the fast break points and the good defense. So that right there is one of those things that I think this team is going to have. So as long as we don't get stopped like that and are forced into playing half-court offense the whole game, then I think that we're going to be all right. Uh, Cornell scoring 45 points is the fewest for a Syracuse opponent since the Orange beat Boston College only allowing 40 points in the 2015-16 season. So, you know, keeping the points low, that's that's good. Like we said, the defense, I mean, the stats are there for that. So, um, all right, well, let's see. Joe, the the reason I have Joe on the podcast is because of things like looking ahead to Iona because (laughs) – because I leave that stuff I leave that stuff up to Joe to do because he's better at it and he knows what the hell's going on. So, Joe. Um, what do we what do we've got with Iona? What are we looking at? First, let me let's just say, Iona is on. We mentioned Tuesday the fourteenth at seven o'clock. It's going to be an ESPN app probably, but then we go 
to on four days later we start we go to Miami for this invitational. Who Paul Miami Invitational? We've got four games there. Uh, well, three we, we play we we play the uh, the first three is is at Syracuse. Oh, it is in so the, the dome. Only, okay, okay. Yeah, the uh, only one that's in Miami is the last one against Kansas. Okay, okay. So we play the first three the first three in the dome: Texas Southern, Oakland, Toledo, and then we go and do the Big Ten ACC Challenge versus a formal former uh, ACC opponent in Maryland, and then uh, then we go to Miami. And, and um, wrap that up against Kansas on December 2nd. So there's a, there's a lot going on in a short amount of time within the next two weeks, really. Yeah. So, and we come back, we play Connecticut for the Jimmy V Classic. We open that up there. So, probably uh, at Madison Square Garden. But. Yeah. So, all right, Joe, tell me about Iona. What are we, what are we looking for? What do we got? Who's their star? Nah. It's hard to say who their star is. They uh, they only returned two out of their six best players um, or players with the most minutes from uh, a 22 and 13 team last year. They um, they won the uh, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference and um, went to the NCAA tournament. Lost to Oregon the first round, but they've been a 20 plus win season here or season team here for a little while. Um, they've been a decent team as far as mid major wise. Um, but this year, it's, it's looking a little different. Um, but last night, they lost to Albany by two points. And um, looks like they only went about seven deep. And like I said, they lost two out of their six um, best returners uh, from last year, basically. So they got a freshman. They got another sophomore that didn't get too much uh, burn. And then they got a trans, uh, junior college transfer and a, and a graduate uh, senior transfer. Um, and right now, last night anyway, he had the best game, um, TK Adogi. He uh, is their tallest player at 6'8". And um, like I said, he's a transfer from Tulsa. Um, he scored 17 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, but again, like I said, it wasn't enough. They ended up losing to Albany. Um, they look like a, a team that's rebuilding. They don't look like a team that's the last couple of years. They've had some good guard play, and they've been primed to come in and maybe pull an upset against a good team early in the season. But this year, they're trying to find themselves. So um, their tallest guy is 6'8". Like I said, they got start three guards, two forwards. Um, and like I said, they only really go seven deep. So if we can push the tempo, uh, then and we have the size, uh, we should be pretty good. They, um, they only shot 18% from the three. I think Oof. they were four out of 22. And... Um, yeah, they got out-rebounded, actually, by Albany by uh, 20 rebounds, 47 by to 27. 20? Holy cow. 47 to 27. And they had – it's not – I checked uh, Albany's roster, and their tallest guy was 6'8 as well. So, wow. Yeah, so they got out-rebounded by 20 by basically a similar, um, you know, team with length. And, and obviously we have Chukwa at 7'2". I think Sidibe's around 6'10", 6'11", something like that, and – I mean, our two forwards in the wing, Brissett and Moyer, are six eight six nine. So, um, I think we should have no problem on the boards as long as our defense is active. Then we should be able to, to you know, <clears throat> not allow un- shots. And is I mean, our offense, um, as long as it did what it did this past game and uh, get a spark and get some fast break points, I don't really see. This being as, as problematic as playing in Iona for the past couple of years, so they're a little down this year, or at least for right now, until they get stuff going. So yeah, well, it'll still be a, it'll still be a, you know, another game in the books and, and some 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 uh, a chance and opportunity, I should say, to 
to improve on some of the things they need to work on, which, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's what these non-conference games are yeah. on, you know. Like, I mean, you just kind of, you want to see what's different, new faces, see who's improved, see improvement. You know that it's, you know, it's a process in NBA or NCAA basketball throughout the season. But also you want to do it without losing to, to teams you shouldn't be losing to, you know. So when it comes exactly. to these non-conference games, there's been years in the past where some of them have come up and bit us. Um, so it's one of those things where I always like to look into it just to see what kind of team we got, you know, because if Iona was a guy, a team that was returning four or five out of their top six last year, and they went to the NCAA tournament, then I'd be a little bit more worried, you yeah, know, it'd be a whole nother story. Exactly. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, any final thoughts on anything? Oh, do we want to just real quick? I know the game's just in a couple hours and, and a lot of people might not even listen to this until, um, the game is in the books, but Dungy questionable. Um, I, I believe he'll probably play, I guess, if it was bad enough to where he wasn't going to play, I think we'd know. Uh, no, I think it sounds like Babers is allowing it to be his decision. So it's pretty much the way I look at it is if Dungy says he's good to go, then they're going to let him play. Um, so and, and, I, don't, I don't see a, a way that he says he doesn't want to play. Yeah, he's so. going to play. He's a maniac. Um, just real quick on just – a final thought on the on the bowl stuff because we've we've talked about this making a bowl with five at five and seven. Um, I looked at it. There was an um, there was an actual in depth article at um, Noon's Magician. It's basically impossible. There's so many things that need to happen at, for a five and seven bowl game that it's it's almost impossible. So we need we need two out of these last three wins, and two of them are in the dome. So it's a great opportunity to try to clinch that. Uh, if we lose today, yep. uh, we're we're in big trouble. So, I don't see going to Louisville yep. and beating them, and then coming back to the dome and beating Boston College, you know, like that. So, anyway, well, anything's possible. But anything's possible, tonight, right? But that's, today's a revenge game, I think. So, yeah, anything's possible. Like said, but Wake Forest go got ahead, some injuries and stuff. So, yeah, they do. Their best, well, their best wide receivers out. Um, so, best wide receivers out. One of the running backs. Um, also, their leading tackler from I think last year and this year, some uh, safeties out. So, um, we got to come out. We got to go. Yeah. We got to start fast, get some points on the board, and and hopefully just get this win. So. Yeah, big but. time. So, um, decent turnout in the dome last night. Twenty-one thousand. Not too bad. Not too bad yeah. for for opening game against Cornell. Uh, that quick turnaround for the dome for the dome crew. Turning that back into a football field today, so yeah. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of people working overnight. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thanks to them, and hopefully we can fill that dome up today, make some noise for Wake Forest, and the Orange can get a win. And again, happy yeah. Veterans Day to everybody. Thank you all for your service. We appreciate it. This has been episode 38. We will be back next week for some more looks at um, both football and basketball so for joe i'm sean we're out later you just heard the q's nation podcast with sean and joe we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 